You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Well, hello, my friends. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, and I am your hostess with the mostest, Dana Shea. I'm so happy that you all are here today on episode 82, and I'm going to give you a little bit of the background as to why we are calling this episode Five Signs You Are Doing Relationships Right. I think that in life, so many times we hear about what we're doing wrong, and many of us are drawn to self-help, self-improvement, personal development types of things because we have this incessant feeling that we're doing things wrong. And so I actually wanted to do an episode, and let me just like quick time out. You guys hear my husband outside. He's actually mowing our grass. And he's been mowing the grass for the past, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and go with this podcast. So you get to hear a little bit of lawn care in the background. Hopefully it's not too distracting. Okay, time back in. Um, A lot of times, you all, we focus on all the things that we are doing wrong. And many of us have this incessant desire to improve ourselves all the time. I mean, am I the only person? Maybe I'm the only person who feels this way. I don't know. Maybe this episode is just for me. But if you find yourself in the whole trappings of never really feeling like what you're doing is good enough or always feeling like it can always improve, this episode is going to be an encouragement for you, hopefully, if you are on the right track in your relationship. Now, this episode can be applied to marriages. It can be applied to um, any other intimate relationship that you're in. And so I want to give you all five signs that you're doing relationships right. And again, hopefully after you listen to this episode today, you are going to be able to reach over your shoulder and give yourself a little pat on the back because you have been killing it. You have been killing the relationship game and you deserve some credit. Now, let me give you a little bit of uh, backstory into just kind of who I am and the kind of person that I am. As I said, maybe this episode is just for me. And the reason for that is because I am always trying to learn more, grow more, do more, improve. I am that person. When I was in college, I would get like a 97 on a paper. And I would literally email my professor and say, where's my three points? Now, this was only done if they didn't give me positive feedback. So a lot of times, you know, when you're in school, they'll tell you, okay, this is what you could have done better. Maybe you didn't cite a source or whatever. And what would irritate me is when professors would just give me an assignment back and there would be like no commentary on it. And I guess maybe in their mind, they're thinking this chick just got almost 100%. So I don't need to give her any feedback. But I needed that feedback. And that could be a little bit problematic, obviously, because what does that say? That says that I'm a perfectionist. And yes, I am a recovering perfectionist. And this can show up in our relationships, you all, because if we are constantly wanting perfection, what's going to happen is we will undoubtedly become critical of every little thing. And that criticism is not because we are mean, evil-spirited people, but it's because we have this desire that things should be 
the way that they're supposed to be. If I, I tell my kids this, if 100% is possible, why not shoot for 100? And that's a good way to live. However, I have to give myself some grace when I don't get the 100 that a 97 is pretty darn good. So you know what? We can just end the podcast here because I've just helped myself. I've just given myself my own therapy. Thank you all very much for showing up today. Um, (laughs) But with all seriousness, I want to go ahead and jump into these five signs that you're doing relationships right. So number one, if you are doing relationships right, you are going to be hopeful. You're hopeful. You believe that the best is yet to come. I have a sign in my office at work and I have a sign in my office at home that says the best is yet to come. When I'm signing people's birthday cards or anniversary cards or even emails, a lot of times I will write the best is yet to come. I am a very hopeful person. I always believe that there's good on the other side. I'm a glass half full optimistic, positive person. That's the way God created me. And that's also how I have stewarded my life. There have certainly been dark days in my life and there have certainly been trials and tribulations just like there have been in yours. I have just chosen to always see hope. Last night, Sean and I had a little argument and we have been doing this work on our relationship for almost 23 years. And it never stops, you guys. So if you think like, oh, my goodness, if I can make it to 20 years, then we can kind of take our foot off the gas. My friend, my friend, wake up. That's not going to happen. You have to continue to work on your marriage. So we had this little argument last night. And it wasn't an argument like as far as us like fighting, going back and forth. But we were definitely disagreeing. And we really weren't hearing each other, which is so funny because I talk about how to be heard and how to be a good listener all the time. But yeah, I still have to practice my own advice, right? And so we're having this little conversation. And I could tell that Sean's not hearing me and I'm not really hearing him. And so we just kind of took a time out. Like we both literally just kind of sat on the couch in silence and really didn't say much. And then I had this overwhelming feeling that he was just discouraged. So we kind of left the conversation and I got in the shower. And when I got out of the shower, I just walked up to him. I put my hands on his face and I said, hey, we're going to be okay." This is going to pass. We're just in a little rough patch right now, but I love you. And I said some other things that I'm not going to get into on this podcast, Um, but I said some, they were all positive, right? I said all these nice, wonderful things to him and I meant it. And I told him, I said, you know what? We're going to get through this. We're okay. When I said those words, it was like a shot in my own emotions and I felt hopeful again And I think that there are times in our lives where we focus on our problems so much. We focus on all the things that are not going right, all the things that can be going better. And we forget to just be hopeful that sometimes in our marriages or sometimes in our relationships, you are going to hit rough patches. That doesn't mean that your relationship is over. It doesn't mean that you're headed to divorce court. It doesn't mean that you've chosen the wrong person. It means that you're living life. And life is much better lived when we can be full of hope. Hope is difficult to have, especially in dark seasons. It's hard sometimes to see that ray of light. It's hard to see that there are really good possibilities around the corner when all you see is negativity. And this is why we have to be so careful about what we think about. 
If you're constantly thinking about your problems, if you're constantly thinking about how your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whomever has let you down, how they haven't fulfilled their promises, then that is going to feed into your hopelessness. I did an entire podcast series on hope. I called it the Hope Series. If you haven't listened to that, go back after this episode and just kind of listen to some of those, episodes 40 through 47. And every single one of those episodes were about infusing hope into your situation. I talked to many different guests in that podcast series, people who have been through enormous tragedies and lots of um, things that really could have destroyed them, but they chose to see hope. And that's one thing that if you are a hopeful person, that is one sign that you are doing relationships right. So never, ever stop hoping. Number two, another sign that you're doing relationships right is if you are secure. Now, insecurity, you guys, it plagues many of us. I would venture to say that probably every single person on the planet has gone through some form of insecurity at some point in their life. Even the most confident, self-assured people have dealt with insecurity. I know I certainly have. I did an entire video on being insecure. It's on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com forward slash Dana Shea Unlimited and search for when you feel unheard and unnoticed. That's my whole video that I did. It's gotten tons and tons of comments, thousands and thousands of views. But that is a video that I did on how I've struggled with insecurity. But in relationships, If you are always insecure, that is going to ebb away at your relationship. Inevitably, it is almost impossible. I would say that it is impossible to have a healthy relationship if it is rife with insecurity. There comes a point in time where you have to deal with those insecurities, where you can no longer allow the pain of your past, the pain of past relationships, the fear of the future, the fear of what your spouse or your intimate partner might do. You cannot allow those things to control you because if you do, you will always be an insecure person. There has to come a point where you say, you know what, I have to walk in confidence here. And if you're not able to walk in confidence because your spouse continues to betray you or because they continue to let you down in an area, well, then that might be a sign that that relationship is not viable. Now, hear what I'm not saying, okay? If you're married, I'm not giving you an out to get divorced here. What I'm saying that is if you're in a non-marital relationship and your partner is constantly doing things that chip away at the security of your relationship, You need to reevaluate that relationship. If you're married and your spouse is doing those things, it's time for you to see a marriage coach. It's time for you to call me up, literally. It's time for you guys to talk about this because think about building a house. The house has to be built on a firm foundation. If the foundation is insecure, right, or lacks integrity, then the whole house is going to be subject to falling apart or collapsing at any time. And this is why we have to be people who are secure. And listen, you all, you being insecure is not anyone's fault. I know that that might sound harsh, but it's the truth that you need to hear. You can't blame everybody else for making you insecure. 
I have been in situations with people who I believe have tried to make me feel less than, but I have chosen to hold my head up high and soar past that foolishness. I can choose to be a confident, secure person, even if people are doing things or saying things or acting in ways that would normally make me feel insecure. It is work, okay? It is not easy to do that, but it is possible. So if you are someone who struggles with insecurity all the time, what I'm not saying is that people haven't done things to assist you. But what I hope you're hearing is that ultimately, it's your choice. Ultimately, you can choose to become confident. You can choose to become secure in who you are. You might not be secure in your relationship all the time, but you can be secure in who you are as a child of God, as a son, as a daughter of God. You can be secure that you're okay, that you're not damaged goods, that you're not some sort of uh, defect, no matter what you've been through in your life. And so if you're someone who's secure, that is a sign that you're doing relationships right. Number three, Another sign that you're doing relationships right is that you think of your partner in a positive light. You believe the best about your partner. If I were to walk up to you and say your partner's name, there would probably be a slight smile that would lift on your lips. There would be a little flutter in your heart. You would feel positive thoughts about your partner. If I were to come up to you and say your partner's name and you roll your eyes or you start to get anxious or you tense up, well, then that is a sign that obviously there's something wrong there. So when I see Sean's name on a piece of paper or I hear his name, I have positive thoughts about him. And this is even if we're not always getting along. Now, what I'm not saying is that I'm like, oh, my God, he's amazing every single time I hear his name. Because, yeah, there are times that if we're not getting along or if we're in the middle of something, you know, a hard season in our marriage, I might get a little sad because of what we're going through or whatever. But generally speaking, even if we're not getting along, I still choose to believe the best about him. And you guys, I was not always able to do that. There were times that because of what we were going through in our marriage, it was really hard for me to look at him in a positive light. Like I wanted to call him everything but a child of God, right? But I had to tell myself, no matter what this man might be doing or not doing, he's still someone who is worthy of respect. And that's a whole nother podcast episode because some of y'all right now are like, I am turning this off because my spouse, my partner does not deserve respect. They do not deserve honor. And I understand where you're at. I hear you. Please believe me. I do. None of what I'm saying to you is necessarily easy. But what I'm telling you is that if you can choose, listen to that word, choose, you get to choose. If you can choose to believe the best about your partner, even if they're not acting their best. That is going to help you to be able to overcome the conflicts that are driving you apart. If you think that your spouse or your partner is a low-down, dirty dog, and they they can't be trusted, they lack integrity, they're foolish, they don't ever do what they say they're going to do, whatever, right? Fill in the blank with all the other negative thoughts. You can't build a relationship with somebody like that. And it's not because that other person isn't willing to change. It's because you won't build the relationship. You will not allow yourself to go there because human nature, we 
inevitably pull back from things that we deem as threats. So think about all the words that I just used about your your spouse or your partner, right? If you're thinking all of those things about your partner, why in the world would you move toward them in connection? You wouldn't. You would move away from them. You would remain disconnected. And then what happens is then the relationship falls apart, and then we say, it just didn't work out. Where the truth of the matter is, because you felt unsafe in that relationship, you chose to stay disconnected. And this is where when I coach couples and I say to them things like this, you can choose the way that you feel. Your feelings don't master you. We just did an episode a couple of weeks ago, episode 80, about feelings are not final. This is what I'm talking about, you all. You can't be controlled by your feelings. So you might look at your partner or your spouse and say, you know what? They're not all that. They've got flaws. And then you begin to meditate on those things. Do you know that it's just as easy to say, you know what? They've got flaws, but these are all the wonderful things that I love about them. I did this exercise one time. I was really spiraling, y'all. Like, I mean, I was thinking all kinds of negative things about Sean. And in the midst of that, because that's just not the kind of person that I am. I told y'all before, I'm a happy, positive person for the most part, right? And I felt myself spiraling. And in the very middle of that spiral, I got out a notebook. No pun intended. It literally was a spiral notebook, though. I got out this notebook and I began to write all Sean's good qualities. And at first it was like, handsome five minutes later number two you know what I mean like I I, it took it was a struggle it was a struggle to get there but once I started writing out his positive qualities I began to see that you know what there's a whole lot more good than bad my bad list is a lot shorter than the good list his good qualities far outweighs his bad and that might be an exercise that some of you need to do if you find yourself constantly thinking about the negative aspects of your partner you might need to get yourself a little 59 cent spiral notebook and write out your spouse's good qualities what are the things that drove you to them or that attracted you to your partner in the beginning those things are still there They might be covered up by pain and hurt and anger and disappointment, but they're still there. So choose to believe the best. If you think about your partner in a positive light, my friend, that is another sign that you are doing relationships right. Okay, number four, you keep short accounts. Y'all, this is so important. So, so, so important. The Bible talks about not keeping a record of wrongs. Love does not keep a record of wrongs, 1 Corinthians 13. What does that mean? That literally means that when your spouse or your partner does something, you don't make a little deposit into their not worthy account. You don't keep a record. I was in a coaching session with a couple a couple years ago. And I think I may have told you guys this story before on another podcast. I'm not sure. But I'm in this session and I'm I'm trying to help this couple to make connection again because they were completely disconnected. And so the husband comes in and he literally has a yellow legal pad and it's full. It's like front and back, all these papers. And I'm thinking, what what is this? And he begins to read to me from this legal pad all of his wife's wrongs all of her shortcomings. I mean, when I tell you it was stuff like she didn't put the sippy cup in the dishwasher, I am not exaggerating you guys. Like she didn't put the sippy cup in the dishwasher. She left it in the sink. Stuff like that. And he was like, you know, he kept going through it. And I said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm sorry. No, 
we are not, I'm not going to let you waste your time or your money and do this. Okay. We're not going to go through a list of all of her wrongs. And he was like, no, but I need to tell you. I said, no, you don't. You need to tear that piece of paper up. Because what you are doing is the exact opposite of what 1 Corinthians 13 says, which is love keeps no record of wrongs. You literally have a record of her wrongs. And you all, some of us might not have a legal pad front and back, but in your mind, you do. You can name off 25 things just like this. I'm snapping for those of you guys who can't see me if you're not watching on YouTube, right? You might be able to count off immediately these things that your spouse isn't doing right or that they should be doing better. But truthfully, love keeps no record of wrongs. So if you keep short accounts, if I were to ask you, what's the last thing your spouse did that made you mad? And you kind of have to think about it for a moment. That's amazing. That's a good thing. It doesn't mean that you're never hurt. It doesn't mean that you've never been wounded by your spouse or that they haven't done anything to you that might be worthy of going on a legal pad. It just means that you choose to keep a short record of their wrongs. You don't keep an accounting system of all the things that they've ever done to you. That's not love. And we can't say that we walk in forgiveness if we're constantly keeping records of our spouse or our partner's wrongs. So if you don't have an account, if you don't have a legal pad full front and back, that's great. You are keeping short accounts and you are doing relationships right. All right, our fifth and final sign that you are doing relationships right. And honestly, you guys, this, I could have 10 signs. I could have 15 signs that you're doing relationships right. But I'm just choosing five today for time's sake. So the fifth sign that you're doing relationships right is you have boundaries. Yeah, I know you weren't expecting that one, but you have boundaries. Boundaries are helpful. Boundaries exist in healthy relationships. When I talk to couples and I ask them about what are your boundaries and they look at me like, what? We don't need those. We have a good relationship. They're on the road to destruction because you need boundaries in your life. Life is full of boundaries. We encounter them every day and we don't even think about them. When you're driving down the street and your stoplight goes from yellow to red, that's a boundary. What's being communicated is you cannot cross through this intersection right now. It is your time to stop so that other people can go through. Now, if you choose to cross over that boundary, what's going to happen? You're going to have a collision. So is that boundary there because you're a bad driver? No, that boundary is there because it's not always your turn to go. We have to share the road. And so many times in relationships, people don't get this. It's not always about you and your relationship. Sometimes it's your partner's time to go. It's their time to shine. And you have to be a person who's okay with boundaries. You have to be somebody who you don't just set up boundaries because you're giving your spouse or your partner ultimatums. If you talk to me like this, I'm going to walk out. There's my boundary. Okay, okay, that, that might not be horrible, but what are some boundaries that you can create in your relationship that exist regardless of whether you're on the struggle bus or not? To help you with that, I did an entire podcast episode, episode 49, It was called Five Boundaries That Every Marriage Needs. Now, this episode, you guys, was one of my top rated episodes in 2021. People loved it. 
And the reason I think that it resonated with so many people is because many people do not live with boundaries. They don't think that it's okay, or they didn't think they needed them, or maybe they thought they only needed them, as I said before, if the relationship is going wrong. But we need boundaries in our relationship because boundaries lets you know where you end and where your spouse or your partner begins. And it also lets them know where you end and where they begin. What do I mean by that? Think about the boundary line that you have on your property. So in my house, I have neighbors on both sides. I have a neighbor in the back and I have a neighbor on my other side. Okay, we live in a corner house. And so there's nobody on one of our sides, but there's neighbors in the back of us and then there's neighbors on our other side. So we have privacy fences, okay? That fence serves as a boundary. It serves to let my neighbors know this is your property. Everything on the other side of that fence is not your property, So my neighbors, as well-intended as they might be, they cannot come and plant a garden on my side of the fence. That's crossing a boundary. In your relationship, you need to know, where do I end here? And where does my spouse begin here? So here's a practical example. When your spouse is going through a hard time in their life, and you feel like you are going to, it is your God-given right that you are going to swoop in, save the day, come to the rescue, and give them all of this advice, or worse yet, you're going to fix it for them. That's a boundary violation. It's not your job to fix their life. It's not your job to swoop in and save the day. Now, should you be empathetic? Should you be compassionate? Should you be a good listener? Should you pray for them? Yes, 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 yes. But you should not cross that boundary to start fixing them or fixing their life or fixing their problem unless they specifically ask you for help. And even if they ask you for help, you're offering help. You are not fixing it for them. So there are many boundary violations. I see it all the time, all the time. And then spouses or partners wonder like, How come my spouse isn't happy about this? Well, because you're violating their boundaries. But some of you aren't like that. Some of you have great boundaries. You have boundaries with yourself. You have boundaries with your coworkers. You have boundaries with your parents. You have boundaries with your mate. And if you do have boundaries, if you're a boundaried person and you don't get all weird and anxious when you hear the word boundaries, you are doing relationships right. So just to recap, How do you know if you are doing relationships right? Here are the five signs again. Number one, you're hopeful. Number two, you're secure. Number three, you think about your mate, your partner, your spouse in a positive light. You believe the best about them. Number four, you keep short accounts. And number five, you have boundaries. And I just want to give you guys that are doing relationships right, I want to give you kudos because we spend a lot of time talking about relationship problems, relationship issues, how to fix your marriage, fix this, fix that. And we need to do that because, y'all, we got some broken relationships, okay? I mean, this is why I do what I do. We got some broken relationships, and I am honored and blessed and happy to help couples who have broken relationships. But I also want to applaud those couples who are doing things well and who are working every day, taking strides, taking effort, making time to invest in your relationship. And this is the fruit of it, that you have relationships that are not perfect, but that are healthy. 
So keep up the good work. And if you have listened to this episode and you're like, okay, what? What was number three and four and five again? Because I don't do none of that stuff. That's okay. You can begin to develop some new habits in your relationship. And this is what I'm here for. This is what this podcast is here for. So hopefully every single episode that you listen to, it is helping you to develop these healthy habits in your relationships and in your marriage. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for being here today. You know, I love you. So I'm going to have these listed in the show notes of this podcast. So you can head over to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 82 that's the number eight, two. Somebody was like, is it spelled or is it the number? I'm like, girl, I don't be going through all that extra work, okay? We're not going to be spelling numbers out. Eight, two. So realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode eight, two. And you'll be able to find this list again. And you'll be able to find the links to all my socials. If you're not following me on social, I mean, are we even friends? Follow me on social media. Now, I am going to be honest with you guys. I have not been active on social media as as much lately. Um, I just got too much stuff to do. But I'm reengaging, especially in our Facebook community, Shameless Plug. We do have a Facebook group called Christian Marriages and Relationships. It's an offshoot of this podcast, but there's also other people in our community. And our goal is to really just spend time together and to encourage each other in our relationships. So if you'd like to get in on that, head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Marriages and Relationships. You can find me there. You'll see my picture. And um, I would love to connect with you there. So thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Go out and kill the game, y'all, in relationships. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.